Uh, what did you do uh, this during our unintended week off? I took a nap every single day after school. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. about you? What did you well, do? Well, my sister uh, came to visit, and so that's the reason why I ended up uh, not uh, being able to squeeze in a recording. So, ah. yep. Blame it all on me, everyone. It, it is my fault <laughs> that we did not have an episode last week. I thought I was going to be able to squeeze one in, but just was unable to because we uh, ended up doing a bunch of stuff. Um, but other than that, uh, let's see. I caught a cold. Oh, nice. So I apologize if I do start coughing. Um, hopefully I'm not dead. Um <laughs> Uh, but well, if you're have... coughing, you're still alive. Exactly. If you're in a coffin, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me cough just now because I started laughing. Uh, well, you better get <laughs> used to it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You guys are going to hear a lot of coughing at this episode, I'm afraid. Because I'm going to uh, be fucking hilarious. <laughs> just gonna torture me um <laughs> this is uh uh oh what was i saying oh yeah uh so yeah i caught the cold but um i guess the most eventful thing that happened uh in the past week was actually this morning where i was uh you know those teen movies that were really popular like not even teen movies the college like you know the college frat boy like comedies like the romance comedies you know where you had like a, a guy who was sort of like the typical, um, you know, frat boy male mm, who I like uh, Van Van. What's that movie called? Van Van Wilder. Wilder? That is yeah, so Van funny. You mentioned that 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 is the movie that I ended oh. up watching this morning. Was it so great? funny? You mentioned that. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on movies like that. So I mean, oh. I I well, here's the thing. I enjoy watching those types of movies, mm -hmm. but what I call the masterpieces, no, you know, <laughs> you would be the first. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It got me um, thinking, you know, like in all those movies, there's always that one part where they're sad for like 30 seconds. And so like they're sitting on top of a building contemplating how they're going to get this girl that you're, uh, you know, that they're trying to manipulate or steal away from somebody else uh -huh. who's equally as worse or worse than them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. just thinking <laughs> what they do. It always happens this way. 30 seconds of sadness. Then the next scene, they're all happy and back to their horrible ways. Right. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, what if somebody made a movie where in those 30 seconds, he dies I don't know. That thought just crossed my mind. That Van Wilder dies? <laughs> well, not not just Van Wilder. I'm just talking about the stereotypical character that's in these movies. Oh, yeah. I kind of think that we need more movies where people just die, like right in the middle. <laughs> and then like for like people move on, like in real life, there's no like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's going to be sadness, but the sadness needs to. Okay. If you're going to get sad because you can't get the girl for 30 seconds, you're only allowed 30 seconds for sadness because of death. 
yeah sounds good that's in all i usually need and <laughs> in, in the movie usually so. i'm like oh man that sucks i'm really gonna miss that person but you know i feel really happy that i knew him and we had a lot of good times together oh right. i got a lot of shit to do exactly uh what made you think of van wilder when i that that's so uh, wild I, I don't know i just thought you were talking about frat boy movies and that was the only one i could think of that was legit like a frat boy in and in, in the title role right you know? yeah usually well, it's no, like uh american pie or had some other name than just the guy's name that's true that's true i guess animal house that was the guy's name right <laughs> john belushi's <laughs> yeah. character they just well, called him I, animal house well now that i think of it american pie that was also the name of the character right that's true yeah 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 so well, that brings us to greetings, citizens of Earth. Welcome to the Accelerative Thrust podcast. I am Dan. And I'm Eric still. And we've been gone for way too long, as you can tell. That intro, I think, uh, that's the longest intro we've done uh, since we started doing real intros. But today we are going to do something a little unusual. Um, rather, we're going to be kind of talking about or reviewing something a little unusual in addition to the two album picks we're also going to be uh talking about or reviewing a digital piece of art that is now on Corey peak's youtube channel which is simply Corey p called 36 we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come to it and then we've also got um uh, as i mentioned a couple of album uh reviews one of them was actually a recommendation from our good friend uh kevin hansen who mm-hmm. used to play i don't know do you know where he lives now eric uh he moved not that long ago yeah um, i don't he used remember to, he used to play in the band Asith, who we had we've had brian barr on this show before mm-hmm. uh but he also has played in shores of the tundra and he currently does a industrial project i believe i'm what is it again? Oh, there's a few different things that Kevin does. Dirt Chamber, Dead City Soundscape, okay. um, which is sort of an industrial dub thing. I think he releases things under the name Olik uh, Neshna. Oh, yes. Okay. That's that's um, his name on Instagram. Right. So I think uh, Kevin does a lot of stuff. So. Okay. Uh, all of that is available on his, I mean, at least you can look into it on his Instagram, which is Olik Nesna, which is hard sure. to say. I would say if you search Kevin Tundra, you're going to find him. So. You're going to find him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that recommendation, Kevin. Uh, that is, uh, I guess I'll just say it now. KK's Priest, Sermon of the Sinners. Um, very interesting project uh, that they mm-hmm. got going on there. Uh, just a reminder, we are on Transistor, Content Made Right, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and YouTube. We also uh, have official pages on Facebook and Instagram, and you can message us or comment. If you're in a band, would like to be reviewed by us or request uh, a review, doesn't have to be local. Uh, you know, we review, as you know, plenty of things, uh, but we do like to focus on local music as well so yeah just hit us up if uh or if you just want to say hi or if you know of any shows coming up any rad shows in the local area and by 
local, I mean the Iowa, Illinois area. Also, don't forget to check out our weekly Spotify playlist. Uh, So that brings us to some current events and music news. And I got to be honest with you guys. Um, I'm only going to talk about a couple because this is actually, this is going to be actually a quick segment this week because, uh, you know, it's been two weeks now and I haven't really updated anything, but a couple things that I thought were interesting that I wanted to talk about the first thing. So a mystery group of YouTubers is trying to buy a, uh, Tennessee town, a rural Tennessee. Uh, Am I even saying that right? Rural. Oh, I, I hate that fucking word. Rural. I hate it too. I hate it too. Rural. And this is just for, <laughs> yeah, rural. Rural. I can't even say it if I say it right. Uh, country music. Okay. Let me start over. This is kind of verbatim from the article. Uh, country music stars, Hollywood studios, and an unknown group of YouTubers are rushing to buy a small Tennessee town after its owners listed it for sale at the very, very reasonable price of $725,000. Wow. Hmm. I, I guess for an entire town, that would be a, a, a reasonable price. That's a heck of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not often you come across the town for $725,000. No, no. I, yeah. I had a chance to buy a muscatine for, I think, one point. <laughs> 1.2 mil whoa um, that yeah. that dude you got ripped off there you, i mean i didn't do it down. i didn't do oh, it. okay yeah i bet you could have talked him down probably but you um, know i mean someone else owns it now so whatever <laughs> yeah that's true that's i will uh, i wonder if it's country music stars or pilots or retired couples or several large families with lots of children, as well as nonprofit groups, and they were interested in turning it into a veterans retreat. Wow. That's actually kind of an interesting idea, honestly. Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of cool, I got to say. You, the, the idea of a mystery group of, like the headline says, a mystery group of YouTubers is trying to buy a <laughs> tiny town in rural Tennessee. Uh, oh, so what were the YouTubers going to do with it? Yeah, what were the YouTubers trying to do with it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. What are the YouTubers doing to <laughs> the soil? Goddamn YouTubers. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I don't know. I just thought the wording of that headline made it sound hilarious. It does say here, Miss Schwartz, Miss hmm. Schwartz. Okay. Real estate broker, Chris, Krista Schwartz. So hmm. she is the real estate broker. Mm-hmm. She says, it's just the dreamiest, quiet, gentle ride up through wow. some of the prettiest land in Tennessee. You could stop at any moment and find something to take a picture of. It could be a soda fountain or a candy shop or homemade ice cream or an antique store or an event venue with music or a bed and breakfast. It can be so many different things and still preserve the history and peace. Eric, yeah, I wow. think we should. I think we should add two podcasters from Iowa to that list of people that are trying to buy. Well, this. I did just look up the real estate agents website, and their slogan is "May the Schwartz be with you." <laughs> no, are you are you serious? No. Oh my God, I um, am so I am so gullible. I thought, <laughs> I, thought yeah. I thought you were uh, being dead serious. That is, I'm, if it, if it really was that then yes, we would find a way to raise $725,000. I am a hell of a liar. 
That's what I mean. You are. You're, you're very, very good. Um. Uh, I do the same thing, except that for some reason, I believe other people's lies. <laughs> I guess I do, too. I, w- I wouldn't think anyone would actually lie to me. I, I lie, but it's only for like five seconds until you realize I'm lying. And then we have a good laugh about it. It's not like exactly. I actually lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, let's no. uh let's buy that town. Yeah. Uh any listeners out there that want to donate to uh accelerative thrust to help get us started on buying this town? Yeah. Uh let us know. Let's make it happen. Yeah, guys. <clears throat> let's get on it. So <laughs> in other news, a principal named Sharon Burns from I think it's Ontario, Canada. Yeah, Ontario. This article is stating she is kind of uh, bringing back the satanic panic nostalgia. It's reared its head in St. Catharines, Ontario. Yes, I was right. Hmm. High school principal was faced with petitions for her firing because she posted a photo of herself next to a truck covered in maiden decorations and another picture of an Eddie toy sitting on a dashboard above a piece of paper that says Eddie in big capital letters Hmm. and has a nice they said they say a nice six 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 with a heart drawn around it. Oh, cute. Yeah, it's beautiful. She um says, you know, well, actually, soon after the petition was launched, um, there was also an effort, uh, a petition launched to keep her there. Hmm. And their argument is that it's a public school, not a Christian school, and that principal burns spreads nothing but love and kindness and at the end of the day she's going to remain principal she's not going to get fired so good yeah i love. Well, I don't even understand if if she straight up did worship the devil <laughs> <laughs> like why would that matter well yeah and on top of that i remember there were a couple of teachers when i was in school i remember uh mr armstrong who was my uh swimming teacher and jim Mm-hmm. We were having a conversation about the dead Kennedys nice. and like he was a big fan. And one of the things he said to me, cause I used to always show up to swimming class without my trunks. So mm-hmm. I would sit on the, uh, you had to sit on the, um, on the bleachers. You mean you just he, wouldn't wear anything? No, no, no. I, I would just not show up with what I was supposed to wear. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was I showing up. I thought you naked. just walked out to the pool <laughs> from the uh, locker room <laughs> um that's why he would sit me on the on yeah the bleachers. right um <laughs> but anyway and those um, bleachers were cold <laughs> anyway he would actually talk to me about music ah. he went to Lollapalooza in 95 i believe it was cool but he talked about the dead kennedys and the first thing he said about the dead kennedys i always enjoyed that song i kill children nice <laughs> so he's like i thought that was cool and he, he was he was a really nice guy but this guy is like clearly is not you know just because he likes the dead kennedys doesn't mean that he like goes out and kills children you know right i mean so, I, my art teacher was the actual devil so i think i know what art teacher you're talking about because i think we've said his name i think i bleeped it out <laughs> okay well no i don't think so because i think that was before editing existed on this podcast oh, when shit. i was when i was editing oh yeah so iron maiden um yeah bringing back the satanic pan yeah well good Our- somebody needs to Somebody needs to do it. Those were good times, man. Yeah. I mean, with all the stuff we have to actually be afraid of in this world, we need something that's like 
scary, but is it real? You know, <laughs> and legit. Yeah. So I think, I think it's good. We need some, some satanic panic back in our mm. world. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the reviews, Eric. I'm oh, excited. Snap. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, I, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of other things that we could talk about, but I, I figure they're kind of dated by now. Like I'll just say what, what I wrote down and I won't talk about it. Ozzy okay. says Satan saved him from COVID-19. Again, see, sometimes yeah. need the devil. And then a Canadian woman uh, woke up to a meteorite in her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you imagine that? Was it just like standing over her bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had legs. It's a arms. home invasion. <laughs> like, meteorite. Like this, like this big meteorite. <laughs> For a long Ounce. time, it would just look at through the windows and then. <laughs> Oh, funny. These things I'm saying aren't funny. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... Stalkers aren't funny, guys. They Home really isn't funny. But I mean, a meteorite stalker right. would be kind of. <laughs> so, You're right. You it know, is hilarious. <laughs> it's just the idea. I mean, I think the idea of it having arms and legs is even funnier. <laughs> Oh my so, god! You know, there's a. I think that's considered a meteor. When it um, is armless and legless, meteor, is when it's a meteorite. Meteorite. There you go. So there's a difference, guys. Yeah, it's the arms and legs. It's meteorite, not meteor. Oh. Which you so, can also find our podcast there. Meteor made right. Meteor made right. <laughs> Have you ever had a very meaty made right though? Oh yeah, I used to be able to get double meat. Yeah, yeah, with the and, cheese uh, on cheese. top. Yeah, cheese right. Yeah, a meaty you cheese right. You used to have to eat at least part of it with a spoon. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm, I haven't had one in a long time. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, last time I did have a made right, I remember them not being nearly as good as they used to be. It was made mediocre. <laughs> it was yeah, it was made mediocre. Yeah. It made wrong. Could I have a cheese mediocre? <laughs> yeah. We should open up oh. a restaurant called Made Wrong. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it, and it, the first one was in every single small town in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> but see, we're gonna open it up in that small rural Tennessee town. Oh, yeah. And then every place in Tennessee will say, no, our town had the first made right. Yeah, yeah. And also were... is the meth capital of the of the state. <laughs> we should just make everything about that town into Muscatine. <laughs> like open up our own like smoke factory or whatever it is that smoke G GPC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they make at G GPC. Just they, just, that's all they, do. They, they, they produce and package smoke from what I understand. Uh, uh, <laughs> SPC, Smoke Processing Corporation. <laughs> oh, for a second, I thought you said STB, the Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, no, I said uh, STD sexually transmitted disease <laughs> that's what they actually make at gpc that that's what they do man oh geez. i mean something happened to me yeah <laughs> i worked there for just a little while and totally got gonorrhea <laughs> yeah there's something in the air there for sure mm. yeah uh so <laughs> we're gonna get to the reviews uh, at some point aren't we 
I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure, why so, not? So the pick that I've got this week is Kevin's uh, suggestion that I mentioned KK's Priest, Sermon of the Sinners. This is KK Downing's. I don't know if this is supposed to be like some... I don't know if these songs were intended to be Judas Priest songs, maybe, mm. or if this is just maybe there's some sort of internal feud going on with Judas mm-hmm. Priest. And I do know that KK Downing is no longer a member of Judas Priest. I don't know what the circumstances surrounding that is. So maybe this is kind of a middle finger to Judas Priest. Maybe not. I don't know. In any case, uh, he rec- recruited Tim Ripper Owens to uh, do the vocals on this project. And um, yeah, I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. Um, In my opinion, if you're a fan of Judas Priest, I think that you'll like this album. It's um, definitely more updated, maybe a little more. (sighs) I shouldn't even say updated because honestly, Judas Priest, I think their last album they put out was just only like, two years ago um and so i mean they're still putting out music and they've gone through a lot of changes i would say that this album at times reminds me a lot of the say like screen screaming for vengeance era or maybe even the british steel era or even even like the painkiller era of priest and then also with the addition of tim ripper owens i hear a lot of the jugulator album kind of going on here but i think that this is also its own thing i don't think this is like a rehash of like old judas priest or anything like that again i don't know if these were intended to be priest songs or what but i mean the the album starts off kind of ridiculous which you know i mean let's face it a lot of this A lot of metal in this style kind of does a deep demonic voice reciting the sermons of the center. And then you hear like the sound of rain and thunder and the most ridiculous sort of almost like it almost sounds like a Vanguard Malmsteen record or something like that. But Mm -hmm. then it goes into hellfire thunderbolt. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, the, you're getting exactly what I think you would expect from a, uh, a record called KK's Priest with Tim Ripper Owens doing the vocals. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It does sound like an updated version of an old Priest record, I would say. I mean, uh, spidery noodly solos all over the place, epic metal riffs, operatic vocals. I mean, I will say, and I've always thought this, Tim Ripper Owens replaced Halford on two priest records for a reason. And that is because he is by far the man. If there's anybody who that job is for, it would be Tim Ripper Owens. Obviously I, I love Halford. Halford is priest, but let's just say if you're going to compare like the two albums that didn't have the original vocalist on maiden, you know, on maiden's output in the nineties mm-hmm. to the priests, output that had tim ripper owens uh the two albums with the replacement vocalists from judas priest wins hands down because jugulator is a fantastic record for anybody who's never listened to it or at least in my opinion it is but that also being said i kind of think that tim ripper owens pays homage to halford more on this album than he ever did fronting priest 
Um, that's one of the things I like about the jugular jugulator album is that I don't think that he tried to really be Halford in any way whatsoever. And I'm not even, I don't even think he really is here. This is totally, you can totally tell the difference between the two, but I would say this is the closest I've heard to hitting the same notes as Halford. Mm -hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, it can be argued. I think, um, I've heard a little bit of some of the other projects that Tim Ripper Owens has been involved with. It could be argued that he may even be able to hit higher notes than Halford. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that might be a kind of blasphemy to some people, but he's an excellent, he's a hell of a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is epic metal to be damned. I think that it, uh, you'll love the guitar playing. If you love priest, you'll love the vocals. If you love priest, you'll love the bass and the drums, the rhythm section. I mean, this is just high quality, epic speed metal, battle metal, power metal, whatever you want to call it. And I think it's as good as many of those priest records. Um, the song metal through and through mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of maiden, mm-hmm. uh, the way that it is structured. Um, but yes, if you like, if you like priest, I think you're going to love this. What did you think, Eric? It's weird. I wanted to say that this is sort of a modern take on super anthemic new wave of British heavy metal stuff, but it's not really a modern take at all. It's just like a modern recording. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds wonderful. Um, All of the playing is really phenomenal. I mean, just as good as you would expect it to be. But yeah, it's it's super well done. There's elements like Dan said of speed metal, power metal, uh, kind of just hard rock too in places. It really reminded me of like this 85 to 87 moment in time where a lot of power metal was kind of getting faster, like not thrash, um, but a little more, a lot faster and a little more exciting i guess or upbeat and i think all that comes from priest and a lot of people ran with it so like halloween or grim reaper or accept or exciter stuff like that that priest 100 influenced um completely it's kind of weird to say that this sounds like those bands because he's probably is responsible for that sound you know so it's kind of hard to say like oh this sounds like anything other than judas priest without it being kind of i don't know naming someone that they influenced you know but definitely a lot of dio uh iron maiden for sure big time Mm -hmm. i like ripper's vocals uh the fact that you said he's he sings higher than halford i think is accurate and I think it's a little too high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At times. At like, times, for sure. It's just like, I mean, I, I feel the same way about Halford as well, though. Like some things every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, my God, I don't know if that's necessary. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm proud of you, but I don't, you know, I don't think we need to hit quite that high of notes. Um, But yeah, if you like uh, that sort of like mid 80s speed metal power metal um this you're gonna like this a lot because it's exactly what it is the other thing about ripper's vocals i i think they're a little more gruff when he's not in those higher registers um and it sort of reminds me of um d snyder in a small way Mm, um mm -hmm. from twisted sister 
whom I like a lot, who I think, but right up against this sort of moment in time, I think they were a little too poppy to actually be on the same level as some of these other bands. Sure. But they have some fast tracks. And I think that um, Dee Snider's vocals are really cool and way more influential than people give them credit for. Regardless, this isn't about Twisted Sister. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I would say if you like classic uh, new wave of British heavy metal, speed metal, power metal, I mean, it does get ridiculous. And that's great. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not quite Man of War level, right. but it's right. close at times. Like, this is really about riding your motorcycle, listening to heavy metal, wearing a battle vest. And it's just, it's right there. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing that I would say that I didn't care for very much was this constant sort of referencing of, of Judas Priest. I didn't quite get it, you know? Yeah. Like it's called KK's Priest. Sermons of the Sinner obviously is a take on the idea of, a priest to Judas or whatever. Right. A lot of the songs are along those same lines. They talk about priest a lot. Like if this wouldn't have had any reference to Judas priest at all, I think I would have liked it better. If it, if it would seemed like its own thing, like this dude's over priest, he's doing this new thing and it kicks ass. Like, I think I would have personally responded to that a little bit better. I think it kind of detracted from what it is uh that it was so much nodding this other thing from the past and i'm sure he's proud of judas priest he should be but yep. at the same time it's like well be proud of what you're making now because it's yep. pretty good yeah so, absolutely yeah 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 all right so yeah my record choice today is a band and I, i'm gonna pronounce this wrong i'm sure it looks like phonetically i would say mong hang M-O-N-G-H-A-N-G. But I'm pretty sure you would actually say Mong Hong, but I don't know for sure. So I'm just going to say Mong Hang. This record came out in 2001. It's self-titled. Um, it was very difficult to find information about this group. I am pretty sure they're Japanese. I think one of the people involved was uh, involved in the Acid Mother's Temple as well. I'll start this by saying that I... I talk about this a lot where all of a sudden I'll hear something, I'll hear a record from out of nowhere and I'll just be like, how in the hell did I, have I not heard this before? Like it's infuriating mm -hmm. at times. And sometimes I blame myself. Sometimes I blame my friends. <laughs> sometimes I blame music media um, or maybe all three of these things. But yeah, it was kind of like the first time I heard John Cale's Paris 1919, kind of the same reaction. Mm -hmm. Like, why on earth haven't I heard this? Like, it was so frustrating. But this is the same way. Uh, Mong Hang, totally insane music, totally. Um, it's spaz music of the highest order. I mean, if you like weird music at all, you should listen to this. And I'm guessing, and I'm not saying I'm like the big, uh, the big expert when it comes to strange music, but I have listened to a lot of it and I've been listening to it for a long, long time. So it's, like I said, it's beyond shocking that I haven't heard this. It jumps around, it changes, it's fast, it's slow, it's death metal, jazz, Middle Eastern type 
music, a lot of Japanese music. I hear a lot of different things in there. All I can really do is compare it to things that you already probably listened to. Tub Ring, Mr. Bungle, The Boredoms, uh, Residence, Acid Mother's Temple, Captain Beefheart, Yamataka I, John Zorn. I feel like I'm just saying all the names that all of my friends and I just talk about all the time. So it's interesting that this group isn't in there because it fits beyond well. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost more bungle than bungle. Mm-hmm. Um, it also can be really pretty at times. It's also cuter and more upbeat <laughs> than all these other bands, except maybe like the boredoms can get cute every once in a while. The residents accidentally get cute every once in a while, I think. But there is this element of like childishness to it all too, which is cool. Um, One thing that separates this from all those other groups is a really good and smart use of percussion. You have a lot of steel drum, a lot of tabla drums, vibraphone, marimba, Kyoto. Yeah, so that adds another element to it. Um, Every once in a while, it gets a little too goofy for me and sounds a little bit like Zappa or Sparks, which I know everyone else loves, and I'm sorry that I don't. Um, but it's just like, it just crosses the line into too goofy for me. Sometimes this does that a little bit. I think the fact that it's not in English makes a difference because they probably are saying goofy stuff that I can't understand. But yeah, I really, this came out in 2001 and I really wish I would have heard it. I would say that if you, if you are a student of Avant Prague and, uh, this crazy music, I would say that you're going to love it. I don't really have much else to say about it. What What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I really don't have much to say about it, or much else to say about it either. I, I, this, this was great. I mean, and everything that you said, Eric, uh, uh, one of the main things that I was going to mention was the uh, crazy use of um, percussion. Mm-hmm. That is apparent from the get-go on this record. But yeah, everything... You mentioned from John Zorn to Phantomas, pretty much anything that included Patton, you know, all of the experimental Ipecac stuff he's been in. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything by John Zorn, The Ruins, Praxis, Mm -hmm. Secret Chiefs, Boredoms. This this totally just fits in with that. And if you like all that stuff, you'll love, I think you'll love this. Um, There are times where the percussion sounds like a Tom Waits record to me also. Mm -hmm. Like when Tom Waits gets really crazy on like albums, like say blood money or even like rain dogs Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like uh, the opening track on that Singapore, for instance. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like crazy, almost like I like to refer to it as like junkyard percussion sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of that going on here too. And then also I hear some, some of the more experimental jazz fusion era type stuff like mm-hmm. Miles Davis, uh, yeah. bitches brew type stuff, or even mm-hmm. like Ornette Coleman or something going on. But I mean, that's all that being said, that's all apparent in all of those thing, all of those acts that right. you and I both mentioned, Eric. Uh, yeah. Then there are times, there's a few times where it gets really, really spazzy to the point where it sounds like lightning bolt mm-hmm. or something, you know, or, U.S. Saves the Monster or, you know, something like that. It's, mm-hmm. if you like that stuff, you'll love this stuff. Melt Banana, The yeah, Locust. Big time, yep. I mean, all of that stuff. Um, I, yeah, there's not really much more I can add. Uh, it's a really entertaining listen. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of those 
well, I'm going to say most of those artists I mentioned, it's not something that I would probably put on all the time, uh, but it definitely is something that I would listen to probably um, a moderate amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, a very, very interesting pick. I, I really enjoyed it, Eric. Really yeah, enjoyed it. I just, I, I'm just overly shocked that I have never heard it and no one else around me seems to have heard it. Especially like, since it came out in 2001. I know. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, just wild. Cause so. that was the era where a lot of the, um, I guess like classic releases from like all of those groups were kind of coming out about that time. Sure. I would say between 95 and 2000 was kind of yeah. the, the time for all that. Yeah. So I don't know how this slipped um, past us all, but we yeah. got it now. We <laughs> so got it now. Exactly. Listen to it. Damn it. Well, welcome to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> so next up going to talk about the art of Corey J peak 36 which can be found on his YouTube channel, Corey P. He's also been posting um, 36 installments of that really are kind of reflections on different periods of our good friend, Corey J. Peak's life. Corey J. Peak, as many of you, or maybe all of you know, is the founder of Sass Baloney Records, uh, the bassist of Closet Witch, and just a good friend of both of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also from the same town that we are both from, Muscatine, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've known Corey for a long time. I've known him since 2000, probably at least 2002, uh, maybe even earlier than that. How long ago would you say you met Corey, Eric? You know, um, Corey and I didn't know each other very well um, in the early days. Uh-huh. I would say that she's maybe only the last 10 years have we been around each other very much. Okay. Yeah. So I've been around Corey enough to actually, I was around when a lot of these installments in his life were kind of going on. Hmm. The way that this project um, works is that each installment, and again, that's for lack of a better term, is uh, kind of just talking about a different event that uh, happened in Corey's life that may have just affected him or inspired him or what have you. Um, and some of these events, I am not going to lie, are very hard to listen to. Um, and that's only because there are so, uh, quite a bit of, there's quite a bit of sensitive topics that come up. Corey talks about his uh, life in dealing with emotional issues, um, ranging from, you know, depression and bulimia, eating disorders, um, and uh, sexual abuse, um, you know, drug use, uh, things like that, um, guns, violence, but there's also a lot of really, really beautiful things in this that he talks about as well. And so really the reason why I decided I don't really want to re- quote unquote review this is because first of all, it's 
real life to somebody who is very close to me, real life to somebody who I know really, really well. Mm -hmm. And to me, it would feel like I'm reviewing the life experience of somebody. Mm -hmm. And who would I be to do that? Um, Because we all, you know, go through different things. And some of this stuff, quite frankly, I mean, I was kind of, kind of shocked by and some of it i totally was not shocked by Mm -hmm. and not in a bad way just whoa i didn't realize that happened you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh so what i would encourage everyone to do is to go to Corey's youtube channel and take a listen for yourself it's a very interesting and also a very honest raw and uh extremely sometimes disturbing sometimes uh very wonderful um I guess a collection of thoughts, collection of, of, um, yeah, a a collection of, of things that happened in Corey's life. Um, some of the things that I, I already knew about or that I was kind of a part of, well, I was there when he first met the love of his life. That is Mm -hmm. still very much a part of his life. I was there also for the relationship that he talked about previously Mm -hmm. uh, that got really, really ugly. Again, I will not mention any names, Um, but I was there for a good portion of that as a friend to Corey and of that person. I didn't know that there was a lot of stuff going on that he mentions the emotional abuse, the eating Mm -hmm. disorders and things like that. I didn't know that that was what was going on. And a lot of the stuff that he talks about uh, growing up, I, I didn't know any of that stuff and nor would I expect to, you know, mm-hmm. those are a lot of the stuff that he reveals here. It's very brave of him to share because a lot of it is highly personal. It would be mm-hmm. stuff. Some of it is stuff that I would be scared. I don't think I could bring myself to yeah. do a project like this because I, I would be scared to, um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be brave enough to do it. And I think that is admirable beyond words. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very raw and interesting look into friendships, into just random memories. I, one of the things that really intrigued me was how he talked about when he was, he's been a vegetarian for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, since he was in high, I think the first time I met him, he was a vegetarian Mm -hmm. and I remember him being vegan for a long time. And he talks about his dad, uh, used to be a butcher. And he talked about that despite his vegetarianism, animal like blood and like animal meat still like, you know, is interesting to him. Mm -hmm. And, I thought that was kind of interesting and he finds some comfort and that kind of stuff. And of course that has to relate to his dad being a butcher. That's just an example of the kind of raw honesty that we get into here at times. A couple of things that I, I, yeah, it's very, very raw and personal. I think that one thing for me is it kind of makes you kind of do an inventory of your own life a little bit makes you kind of think, well, I wonder if there are things that happened to me that I've just sort of repressed or pushed down to the point that you haven't thought about them in years. You know, it kind of made me 
think about some things in my life that I don't know, weren't great or were formative, you know, either in a good or bad way or whatever. And so I think the whole project kind of begs that of the people that see it is yeah. kind of like to go through your own past and think of the things that made you into the person you are. I love that it uh, covers kind of all the different emotions you feel as you're growing up, you know, as a child, how there's elation automatically combined with guilt or fear, you know, and, and sadness, but also just excitement and like all these different feelings that I think we, as we get older, we sort of um, try not to have anymore. We actually push them away, you know, where everything you either feel this way or you feel that way. And there's like, I feel like when you're a kid, all that's just jumbled together. You don't really, you can't really compartmentalize your emotions the same way, you know? And I think that kind of comes through a lot too. Um, all of this stuff, I actually got a chance to tell Corey the other night at the show. So mm. that was cool. I think I made him maybe a little uncomfortable talking about it. Oh, really? <laughs> and, well, no, I, I think I could have just been more, um, discreet about it, you know? Oh, yeah. sure, sure. You know, sure. me, I, you know, I was just yelling across the room, you know, mm -hmm. I really like your stuff and I like how personal <laughs> got, and yeah. it was and, you know, but you no, get up um, on the mic. Hey, yeah, uh, you yeah. guys know that there's this highly yeah. personal project. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it worked. But I did tell him that I really liked the artwork um, itself. I love that there's different kinds of shading in it, like halftone or zip-a-tone, like old school comic style. Yeah. I haven't seen that stuff in his art that much. I also felt like the pictures themselves, whether it's it was subconscious or on purpose, kind of reflect the mood of the situation as well. Corey always uses a very bright color palette, you know, mm -hmm. but in some of these, they weren't as bright, you know? And some of them were like beyond bright. And so I think that sort of reflected elements of the story too, or at least the feeling. And I, I brought that up and Corey didn't really expound uh, on those ideas very much. So I don't know if he just didn't want to discuss it or if he hadn't really consciously thought of it or just was getting ready to play a show and <laughs> I was literally keeping him there to talk to me. Um, right. But yeah, I... I was pretty blown away by all of this. I can with full confidence say I've never seen an art project like this. No. Um, no. I've seen people get really uh, personal and talk about past traumas, but it's usually sort of a lashing out or like trying to share how those things made you feel with an audience or something like performance art, you know? And this doesn't come off like that at all. I don't think... Corey ever really comes off like that, like attention seeking. And so, yeah, I think this is highly personal, but it's more like someone going through it, going through their inventory of things that shaped them on a personal level. They're just letting us look at it. I don't think this was made for us. I think it was made for Corey to, to go through some of these ideas. And so that was my big takeaway. Um, and also, I got to say, knowing Corey um, mm -hmm. for as long as I have, I've known him to be an artist from pretty much the first day that I met him. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a complete and utter 
display of his evolution as an artist from the the idea of it to the drawings as you mentioned um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that indicates uh you know like you mentioned uh he i think that he kind of went and i think it's pretty obvious uh went out of his comfort zone with some of this Mm -hmm. stuff and i think that that had to be that was kind of a prerequisite for it i think Mm -hmm. he knew that if he was going to do this it was going to have to be uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. to some degree and i think that he executed it very very well um also using the robotic voice to explain his stories is the most Corey peak thing i can think of (laughs) like i'm gonna say that straight up Mm -hmm. that's that's a Corey peak move you know from beginning to end right there and Mm -hmm. yes it's just a really heartfelt sometimes heartbreaking but most of the time there's a reason that is explained for why things happened the way that they did or a moral to the story or whatever it's and maybe that's not even intentional but i think i think there's a lot like you said um i think i think there's a lot we can take away from it as people yeah he did a lot of reflecting on why he why he became the person he did today he, he he has become today and why he you know treats people the way he does or whatever mm-hmm. and why he believes the things that he believes and there's a lot of personal reflection i it, this is not mm-hmm. something that i think a lot of people could do easily and i doubt mm-hmm. it was easy for him right i mean for sure so yeah this is this is really really good um yeah yeah. So that brings us to the local scene report, Eric. Anything? Uh, no, week? nothing happening this week. No, uh, there are some few things. <laughs> um, so we'll start with Thursday. Thursday, the 28th, Feed Me Weird Things presents John Mueller, whom I don't know, but uh, Claire Nunez will be playing that show too of Dryad. Um, mm. And so that will be super cool that is at the trumpet blossom starts at nine o'clock the seating on that one is limited to 50 so i would probably get tickets on friday the 29th of october uh river city collective presents a light divided the almas heavyweight and non grata that's happening at ribco the rock island brewing company um i don't know what time it starts i don't know how much it costs you can look into it. But anyway, um, so that Friday night, that's the only one I could really come up with. Saturday, on the other hand, is uh, pretty out of control with the amount of shit that you could do if you wanted to that day. Um, I guess that's sort of everyone's day to celebrate Halloween. So yeah, lots of shows. Um, Chaos for a Cause. This has Grave cores non grata 404 in my blood and tracy von crypt so kind of a horror punk deal uh looks like uh that's at the electric ballroom in waterloo there's uh the shackletons with johnny dexter that's at the octopus in cedar falls there's the goddamn gallows 
and the getaways who are central iowa ska punk group i don't know them but they're playing that's at lefties <laughs> um goddamn gallows is kind of like um crust folk you know so if you're into that stuff for halloween it's a good good choice uh, mike Vallely and the complete disaster the good devils and saint october that's at joy sticks rockade in keokuk again these are all saturday the 30th last one is mead o ween with uh sid the sid yiddish variety show blue movies who are wonderful noise um the dead girl medallion and beer quake bear quake i'm sorry bear quake and that is at bootleg hill honey meads in davenport so that's everything happening saturday so like i said lots of stuff i mean it's halloween why yeah, wouldn't, good. why, why wouldn't be? there be and then on actual halloween on the 31st at flat black studio in lone tree um again this is actual halloween so sunday the 31st at sundown or sunset is when it starts so if you want an actual time i don't have it because i don't know i don't know the sun's business whatever <laughs> um so this show is gonna have phosphines sinner friends uh spicked and mystic cross who hmm. i was told is actually claire from dryad so she has a busy week um and so that's happening at flat black at sunset <laughs> so uh pretty esoteric uh show details there right yeah um and it's in a uh a, a, a clearing in the woods I honestly don't have any <laughs> that, other info, so I'm sorry. <laughs> that uh, sounds like an eyes wide shut scenario. Yeah, that's it. what I was thinking. So I'm gonna wear some kind <laughs> of black mask hood and a hood, which I usually yeah. do. I mean, yeah, uh, that's when you get out of the um, house, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you got to leave the house, you might as well look good. Yeah. Wear, wear a hooded cape. <laughs> uh, yeah. On the thirtieth, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I was thinking about going to the Inglert and watching Rocky Horror. That sounds like I might point. finally dress as Eddie, the meatloaf character. I've had this dream of dressing up like him for about 30 years. So maybe I'll actually do that. So if you want to go see Rocky Horror on Halloween with me, just get, get a hold of me. There you go. Um, but yeah, tons of shit to do this weekend. So is that all the shows? That's all I got. Well, it sounds like you all can have a very spooky Halloween. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my gosh. Oh, where do we go from there? I don't know. That was a pretty spirited thing to say. <laughs> As a spirited away. Oh my. Have you ever seen that movie? I sure have. That's a pretty good movie. It's good. I like mm -hmm. it. For shiz. As the for, as the kids say, that's do they say that? Is that know, even what the like the kids say? Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Jeez, it's so, it's so dumb. I can't even believe it. <laughs> well, they're not dumb. It's just like they just explain everything, and you're just like, but I don't actually care. It's probably <laughs> the way they feel about adults. Like adults explain shit to them, and they're like, I don't care. I just want to yeah. play video games. 
And then when I say, hey, you can't play video games, and then they're like, but I have to get this one diamond and put it in this rock. And I'm like, no, I don't care. Like <laughs> the generation gap is just people not wanting to fucking listen to endless explanations. That's yeah, definitely. Think. Well, I mean, okay. That makes sense. Cause I remember like that up, up until I was like, probably like 30 years old or something. <laughs> yeah. I tried to be like the cool uncle to my nieces Yeah, <laughs> where I was just like, well, you guys got to listen to like hip hop from the nineties too. Right. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> yeah. That and then go? I realized uh, yeah, it, you know, the responses I kept getting were like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And that was like it, you know what I mean? So it's really <sighs> interesting. The stuff that we were, <laughs> we were, you know, super into. And then yeah. you think that everybody else in the world throughout the ages are going to be really yeah. into it. Like you, like, there was a period of time where I honestly thought that like kids didn't like the music that was coming out in their, <laughs> during their like generation. You know what I mean? Like I thought, yeah. Oh, there's no way kids actually like this stuff. Well, you know what I mean? I'm going to play them yeah. some real music. Yeah. Hey kids, check out this real music. Yeah, yeah exactly. You guys but ever the, heard of jawbreaker? Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is I hated all the music that came out when I was young. So it's yeah it's fine i get it oh yeah no totally totally but i was yeah, glad no. that old people were like you know you should listen to this instead i was like you know you're right <laughs> yeah do you think that uh do you think that our generation appreciated that more a little more like when old people right. would kind of guide us i i don't know i don't know like when it, it, when it comes to culture. The, how they guided you right like if if someone was like, dude, you should really listen to more bad company, I'd be like, no. Fuck, <laughs> no. But if somewhere, you know, if someone was like, hey, you know, the the talking heads are actually pretty cool, you know, then yeah. I was, that's that's all right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it all depends, right? Yeah, those guitars aren't that distorted. You ever heard Dark Throne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uh, my parents bought me one of those Talk Boys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember recording, I recorded my first album on a talk boy nice. when I was like 10. And then I came out and told my parents, I just recorded my first album. I'm going to be a rock star. Wow. And then I said, I'm going to go get started on my second album now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, and like my parents were like, okay, cool. Those you are know, the like, days, right? Yeah. When you, you just thought that, you had to start on a second album the same day you finished the first one. I, I think it's a great plan. I wish yeah. I would have done that. <laughs> it should just happen. Damn. Yeah. You know, the thing about talk boys that were really cool is that a talk boy had a slow and a fast setting. Oh, if yeah. you recorded it on the slow setting and played back on other tape decks mm -hmm. fast, oh. but if you recorded it on the fast setting, it played back super slow. Oh, wow. For some reason, it had an opposite effect. Hmm. They were trying to not get people to record albums on the Talk Boy. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "We we can use this to order pizzas <laughs> and uh, get hotel rooms and shit, but we don't want anyone making music on it." Wait a minute, that was a Home Alone reference, wasn't it? It was. Isn't that what no. it, where that came from, the Talk Boy, or like its big uh, cross promotion? Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah. And that brings me to something else that should have been a current event. Uh, 
Yeah. They're doing a Home Alone. They they remade Home Alone and it's called Home Sweet Home Alone. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a reboot and it's pretty much frame for frame from what I can see in the trailer, the same movie with a kid who has big glasses and a British accent replacing Kevin McAllister or Macaulay Culkin as he likes to be called in real life. Wow. Yes. Why, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah why would you do that like what is the problem yeah like what is i, I actually want to ask them what's wrong with they them. really like, needed donald trump out of there are they, <laughs> well no the um i know that's part two did didn't they actually do yeah it was part two but didn't they actually reissue the dvd and they uh photoshopped someone else in no they were talking about it <laughs> they didn't um, actually i don't do think it. they did it yeah i think macaulay culkin wanted to <laughs> play that part so it would be a little version of himself talking to a grown up, grown up version of himself the thing about McCoy, <laughs> i mean seriously that's what i read I don't uh, know. are you are you serious? well someone suggested it and macaulay mac uh, i'm just gonna call him mac mac yeah name. yeah yeah and then mac said he would be open to doing that okay so he was really but, good mean, in the new uh season of american horror story actually i've heard that i've heard that he uh is really has he aged well uh, compared to what? <laughs> well, I mean, what I what I mean is, is like, because I've heard from some people that he looks kind of rough now. Like, I don't know. Does he or yeah, last, uh, I, last mean, I saw him? I don't know. It's been a long time since Home Alone, you know? Well, I'm not. OK, all right. Let's not compare it to Home Alone. Let's. Well, I just mean, like, I think that everyone compares him to what he looked like when he was eight years old or something. And like, what the hell? You guys, you're much taller now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he looks okay to me. Well, the reason why I ask is because at one time I thought that he was a pretty good looking adult, like in some of the movies. Like, did you ever see the movie he did with um, Saved with uh, Mandy Moore? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was also in Party Monster. Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good, but somebody told me, somebody told me that he looked kind of rough like in the American horror story. Yeah, just, he does. But I mean, it's, okay. I, I'm sure it's a lot of makeup. I would not be surprised if they kind of played up his um, sort of gaunt. Okay. Heroin chic look, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Mac. Mac. Talking about the Mac. Like Jesus. they should, they should reissue that song and make it about Macaulay Culkin hmm. or like return of the Mac. You know, yeah. <clears throat> or Mac the Knight. Oh, Mac remember, the Knight. Remember yeah, that big yeah. moon sang that? That moon yep. face guy. I do. What the hell was his name? He had a name. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah. The the moon face, the half moon face that sang about the Mac the Knight. Yes, <laughs> that commercial made me hungry every time I saw it. <laughs> it didn't terrify you? Nah, not really. It just made me want a Big Mac. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess it did. It did terrify me, but I will tell you when I was a kid, I used to be terrified of like a lot of things or, that were on TV, like mm -hmm. the video to wild boys by Duran Duran. Oh, it's man. pretty scary. Yeah. That was a, a very terrifying video for me. <laughs> His uh, name so is actually Mac tonight. Mac tonight. <laughs> it really is. I looked it up. That's awesome. He's known for his crescent moon head, <laughs> sunglasses, and piano playing. And 
that sounds like a lot of pianists. <laughs> like he's most well known for having a fucking moon for a head. <laughs> most piano players I know have a crescent moon head. Oh my god! And sunglasses and all kinds of stuff. Wow, that's well, uh, What do you think? Should we end on that note? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and. Uh, uh, once again, have a spooky Halloween. Yeah, don't we'll be back to Mac tonight. Mac tonight. Mac tonight, y'all. Mac tonight. <laughs> Peace out. Oh. Okay. says Satan saved him from COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs>